Uh, I love it in Fitzroy so many Sundays when it comes to the sermon, I think, you know, that was good enough. Even if the sermon's rubbish, we have enough food and nourishment to take home with us at this stage, as indeed I think you'll agree today. Let me just give you a couple of little insights to life in the manse and life inside my head and draw out some of the stuff that we've been thinking about in this Lord's Prayer as I do it. Um, I had a crazy dream just the other night. I seem to be back in my old church in First Antrim. Rose will know what that's like and maybe find her way there. I have recently befriended um, one of my old youth group in First Antrim on Facebook, and um, he was an interesting character to say the very least. Uh, probably a little bit of a misfit in the world that he lived in, and uh, First Antrim, actually, Rose's br- uh, brother Dave took this guy on board and uh, did an incredible amount for him, but he, he still seems on Facebook to be a little bit of a challenge. But in my dream, it's, this is probably quite normal, new organist. Now, where that comes from in my head, I have no idea at this stage, because there was the organ, and we don't use the uh, digital one too much, but we had no organist for the service. And uh, this guy said, I can play the organ. I thought, there's my answer. So as you sometimes see coming into Fitzroy, there's a little bit in the 10 minutes before service starts. Well, some of you see that. (laughs) Let's be honest, there's not many of you there 10 minutes before it starts. But... um, uh, there can be these last-minute things that, that go on, and the last-minute things are going on, which didn't usually happen in first term, I have to say. John Dixon had it down to a, 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 t- a T, but, but there's a bit of organizing, getting things together, and Ian, this guy, arrives, and I'm saying, you're all right for the organ. He says, I am. He goes out to the organ. I get the other things together. Two minutes to go before the service, thinking I better get into the pulpit. What is going on in these dreams? Uh, these must be the things I'm missing. So, um, so I'm about to get into the pulpit, and I just happen to walk past the organ, and I say to him, are you ready for those hymns? You know them. And he says, I do. And he starts playing them on a gazoo. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 the organ. He says, oh, I can't play the organ, but I can play them to love it. I'm thinking even first Antrim or Fitzroy don't want the hymns played on a kazoo. So that goes wrong, and I'm thinking, we're going to do it like the Reformed Presbyterians. And I'm walking up into the pulpit, and nothing new about this either. I'm saying, Lord, what am I going to say about the Lord's Prayer? This is in my dream. And as I'm walking up the steps, he says, it's an instruction manual. Tell them it's an instruction manual. And I woke up going, that's a good place to start with this Lord's Prayer. It's an instruction manual. So Thursday week ago, it's about 10 to 4. I've got about 10 minutes to get down the road to meet Gary Burnett. And suddenly in the months, we're sitting in the kitchen and all the alarms in the kitchen go on the house go, well, two of them go bonkers. The fire alarms are going off at 110 decibels. Well, I don't know how many decibels it is, but it seemed as if just crazy, and we don't know what to do. So immediately I say to Janice, have we any manuals? But of course they were put up before we get into the manse. No boxes, no manuals, no guarantees. We're searching feverishly on everything we can find. Oh, there's all kinds of manuals. There's a manual for the fridge. There's a manual for the cooker. There's a manual for everything in the house except the alarms. So I got one of them. Well, I didn't actually. I, I pulled one of them off and couldn't see what would do. Put it back up. And luckily a knight in shining armor who knows his Greek very well, Gary Burnett, appeared at the door. 
and near killed himself getting these things down. It was when he got the first one down and I stepped away from the sofa that I was balancing so that he could be on the top of it and he fell that things got a bit tricky in that. But he got them down outside. It was all great until two nights later another beep starts to go off and I'm thinking that's the one in the Fitzroy room's gone. Now it wasn't. It was the one outside beeping outside that was coming through our window. No instructions. Didn't know why to turn it off. Didn't know what to do. Now, men really don't like instructions. How many instruction books do we get with our iPads or iPhones and we never look at them? We just throw them away and we think we can do it ourselves. When it came to this bit in the Sermon on the Mount that we're thinking about today, Jesus was saying to us, here's a good instruction book as to how to pray. Takes up, oh, less than half of one of our pages in the order of service and yet there's nothing about prayer that isn't in this little bit of reading in our order of service. So what is he saying? Very briefly, just to say about these instructions, Jesus seems to be interested in the fact that we should be communicating with God as our Father. Now, how do you speak, boys and girls? What do you need your parents for? You need your parents if you're going down the town to give you some money, if you're going to get a milkshake to give you some money, if you're going into school to get your lunch to give you some money. You need your parents to give you some money. You're always asking your parents for money. Money for this weekend away, money for that weekend away. If you haven't paid your money for the weekend away, would you sort it out with Anna afterwards? All these things that we need, we need to ask our parents things. And so in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. We're asking our Father in heaven for what we need. There's other things that you should do, boys and girls, and maybe we're not as good at this as we are about asking for the money. There are times when we have to say, sorry, is there not? You know, your parents are saying something, you're not doing it. Sometimes you have to go to your father and mother and you have to say, look, I'm sorry, I got that all wrong. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is saying to us, to God, we need to say sorry. We need to ask God for things. We need to say sorry for things. All kinds of little things in the manual that are really, really important. Now, here's the thing that you don't do as much for your parents as you do for God. You want God's will on earth as it is in heaven. So what God's asking us here, yes, we need to say sorry to him. We need to say thank you to him. That hallowed word, when I was doing my drama with Patrick, hallowed meaning wonderful and great. That's saying to God how great he is, how wonderful he is. We maybe don't say that to our parents, although we should because they've done all kinds of things for us, but we should be thankful. Uh, Rejoice always and pray continually. It's what's going to be on our banner at the end of all this. But when we're praying for God's will on earth, we're actually praying for ourselves too there. Because God doesn't want his will so that he would just have his will. God's desire to have it done on earth as it is in heaven is, he knows that would be best for all of us. If God's will's on earth as it is in heaven, all of us will be better off here on earth. It will be a more peaceful world. Everybody will have food in the world and all kinds. So that's the manual. I want you to think about that and take that away because the other thing I, I don't know about you, but you see this morning when we were doing that Lord's Prayer with Patrick, it was the first time I've thought about it in a long time. I can't remember learning the Lord's Prayer, but I can't remember a time when I didn't know it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be the name. And in school, we used to sit in school every morning. I don't know whether you sit in school. Every morning we sit in school. And in September, it was our Father which art in heaven. And by June, it was our Father, which art in heaven. We speeded up as the year went on and we just went over it and we just went through it and nobody thought a thing about it. So these instructions are so that we would have a relationship with God, praying continually for, for the things we need, for the way we're sorry, giving thanks when we rejoice in the things of life, 
It's an instruction manual as to have a relationship with God. And here's the last thing, the drama. In the manse, we have Odie. Now, if anybody's been in the manse, they have seen Odie. Because if you arrive at the gates, Odie's up at the window going absolutely daft. He's fearsome when you see him at the window. And actually, he's trying to chat you up. He's actually at the window going, rawr, 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 I really like you, rawr, 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 I really want to have a cuddle. Rawr, rawr. But he scares the life out of you. There are big, big, big men who have come to do many things in the manse who are petrified of Odie. In fact, the other week, we were, Janice was driving up to Hunter House to leave the girls off, and Odie was in the back of the car. And she wound down the window to ask somebody where to park, and Odie went daft in the back of the car. Started growling and barking at the window, and the man said, you can park anywhere you like. Just wherever you feel you want to go, you can park. Now, the thing about Odie is this. I don't think Odie wants to frighten people. In fact, I don't think at times Odie wants to bark. But he can't stop himself. What he thinks in his head sometimes isn't what happens in actions. There's times when you know I, you put the food down and you're trying to say, now, Odie, sit there and I'll put gravy on this. No, sit there. Odie wants to sit there. His mind is saying, I need to sit here really calmly. He will put the gravy on it and then it will be there for me to eat. But he just can't stop himself going for the gravy on the food. Sometimes what we think and what we want to do is maybe not what we do or who we are. And I think, boys and girls, that's really important. That's what came out in the drama. It's not about praying these words. God was asking the prayer in it, do you mean that? Do you really mean that? Are you really going to do something about that? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Are you prepared for the danger of that prayer? The prayer that the Kerrys prayed for us this morning, are we as a congregation prepared to answer that kind of prayer? Are we prepared at the amen to say, right, Lord, I'm available to you to end world hunger? Are we prepared to go upstairs and have our lunch and give some money to that? Are we prepared to come tonight and maybe sign something, hear more about the campaign, and say to yourselves, we really want to do this? Are we even prepared on this whole Lengthen time to come and pray with the rest of the congregation for these things to happen. Are we prepared to commit to all the words we say we believe? All the readings in church, all the songs we sing in church, all the stuff we believe in our head, is it just in our head, like it's in Odie's head? Or is it actually directing the behavior of our lives? The Lord's Prayer, boys and girls, yes, and men and women too, is an instruction manual for our relationship with God. But they're not just words. They're words that, as Darrell Johnson, my preaching guru from Regent College, once said, these are the most radical, revolutionary, transforming words that were ever given. Because if we really lived the words of the Lord's Prayer, we would transform the world we live in. So, boys and girls, Learn the Lord's Prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer. Say it as many times habitually as you can, but make sure they are not just words. But as in what Patrick and I did today, make sure we mean these words, we live these words, and after the Amen, that we go to do what we've prayed.
Let's sing one more song. Look at this wonderful banner. When we come up with this whole Lenten project, we wanted to include everybody. We're doing a youth night. This was the chance to get the family and the children involved in it. And Sue came up with this idea of this banner that we would have. And today for me, there's all kinds of scenarios in it because it's each of our prayers, our own individual hands. It's all of the family coming together as one under this banner. But in some of the songs, particularly that Dave was singing, it's about God's hands around us, holding us, holding us up as we rejoice always and pray continually, particularly using the instruction manual of the Lord's Prayer. Let's stand and sing together.